and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited about our guest today. She is actually a local New Yorker and lives a little bit further south than me. Her name is Bernadette Bloom, and I just happened to come across her information one day when I was searching through the internet. And she is also a medical intuitive and energy medicine practitioner and teacher, as well as a holistic physical therapist. And I thought that that was really interesting. So she has studied with renowned experts such as medical intuitive, Dr. Carolyn Miss and neurosurgeon and pioneer in pain medicine, Dr. Norm Sheely, among many others. Bernadette, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Hi, everybody. It's, it's fantastic to be here on this beautiful Friday morning. Yes, it is. And um, I'm just so excited to tap into your knowledge, uh, your expertise about energy healing. I know that you have over 41 years of experience in doing this work. And one of the things that I'm hoping we get a chance to talk about, too, is the energetic technique from Tibet that you're trained in. And because that is a topic that I know that our listeners have not heard about yet. So why don't we just start with you sharing a little bit more about your background and how you came to do the work that you're doing now in the world. Okay. So as you said, I'm a, I started out as a traditional physical therapist by trade and um, I couldn't get everybody better using what I had learned in school. And then I was fortunate or unfortunate enough to develop my own physical issues. So I went back to school to the College of Osteopathic Medicine in Michigan State, and they only let in PTs, DOs, and MDs. And I learned that the ankle bone is connected to the shin bone. And if you hit your head, you could probably end up with a bowel problem later because everything is connected and that was fascinating for me. So I started to learn how to use my hands to manipulate the body back into its optimum health. And that was great, And but I still couldn't get everybody better. So then I started on my own metaphysical journey of Reiki and therapeutic touch and healing touch and shamanic work and polarity training. And it was all, all wonderful, wonderful work. And then a colleague of mine said to me, you know, you really should take this class called esoteric healing. And I'm like, what, what's that? (laughs) And uh, because it's esoteric means hidden to seek out. So it's not like it's advertised in the New York front page of the New York times. So my first teacher was actually an accountant from England. And she came to New York in the 90s, and she was teaching us this technique from Tibet. And at that time, most of the teachers were in England, because this was originally uh, channeled material from a Tibetan master named Dwal Kool to a woman named Alice Bailey. And Alice Bailey was from England. And when she was a little girl, she was told that she had to get her act together, because the future of the world depended upon it. I'm like, whoa. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) at 15, really get your act together, Alice, the future of the world depends upon it. I'm like, okay. So I started to take these classes and I didn't really understand anything at that time. So I used to time everything, you know, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. 
And then one day somebody came into me and said, you know, um, and I've been studying for a while and somebody came into me and said, you know, I really feel a lot better with the work that you're doing, but I still have all these aches and pains. Isn't there anything else that you can do for me? And I went, well, I've been taking these classes. Do you want to try? <laughs> and she said, yes. And I went, oh, crap. <laughs> so I opened up the book and I did exactly what the book told me to do. And I prayed, please do not let me hurt or harm her in any way. And I timed it, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, because at that time I wasn't feeling anything. And at the end of the hour, she said, I, I feel better. What did you do? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. So the next week she came in and she had a rash on her ring finger. And I remember it very distinctly. And she said, can we do some more of that energy work? And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> did the same thing. Did exactly what the book told me to do. Timed it. And at the end of the hour, the rash was gone. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. It's way bigger than me, and I got to figure it out. So I just kept taking classes, <clears throat> and um, I started to study and practice on myself. And then I had a client that came in, and she talked to me ahead of time, and she said, I will only come to you if you do not touch me. I'm like, you're kidding, right? She goes, no. Everybody that touches me hurts me and she was an MD and she was a neurologist and she had this complex syndrome called reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which is extremely, extremely painful. So I said, you're an MD and you don't want me to touch you. And she goes, that's right, or I am not coming. I'm like, okay, I won't touch you. So she came in, but this time I kind of knew what I was doing um, and she started to get better and she finally, you know, I have a license to touch. She finally let me touch her. But this was a very big turning point for me to f find out that there were different energies available on the planet that were much more powerful than what I had already studied. Like I said, I had already studied Reiki and therapeutic touch and polarity and shamanic work. And, you know, that's all great work. But for me, this work, this Tibetan energy healing work is much more powerful than anything else I've ever experienced. And I learned how to teach it, and my intention is to translate the work into the language that people understand, because there's 26 books written on it, but if you have insomnia, I would highly suggest that you take it to bed with you, because it will put you to sleep. It is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I do. I, I learned how to teach. And I'm the only one in the New York tri-state area. And thank God for Skype and Zoom and FaceTime. We're now able to open up our classes to international. So I have clients that take the classes at their own leisure, you know, online because we've recorded everything. So thank God for technology. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had this call either. Yeah. Well, see, now this is what really intrigues me because I've been a Reiki practitioner since I think 2003, 2005, when I got my level one. And like you, I have been delving into over the years, many, many different types of different type of energy healing, um, you know, understanding consciousness, understanding how to work with energy. But there was something when I came across, um, you know, your material that feels like you have tapped into something that that feels bigger. I don't know how to explain it. But like you said, you're you're also experiencing that some of that other work that you've been trained in works, but this is taking it to a different level. So can you maybe describe for the energy healers that are also listening who are 
Reiki practitioners who are maybe looking to do what you've been able to do to help their clients reach another level of healing, what's the difference? I mean, what- okay, great, great question. Great, great question. I get asked that all the time. Okay, so we have a model called the Constitution of the Human Being. And because Mike said there are people listening, so everybody's a human being that's on this call. And there's different levels of the human being. There's the physical level, the emotional level, the mental level, the personality level, the soul or higher self level. And then above that, there's what's called the spiritual triad, which I've never found in any of the other energetic modalities. And above that, is the highest energetic uh, pref- um, the highest energetic presence that's separated from the creator called the monad m o n a d the monad and the the monad is the first separation from the universal life force or the creator and it's from the monad that the actual life thread of the human being comes from and the life thread starts at the monad weaves its way through what's called the spiritual triad into the soul into the body and actually attaches itself into the heart organ of the individual and there are certain diseases where the life thread is not firmly attached and one of them would be Uh, multiple sclerosis. So if you have somebody that has MS, you have to actually go in there and energetically attach the life thread so there's no leak. And that's a very big difference from the other energetic modalities. And we do this connection by building what's called the rainbow bridge or the antikarana. The antikarana is a Hindu term. And it's building these levels of consciousness to higher and higher states. So first we connect, I teach people how to align with the soul. And then I teach people how to align with the monad and ask for the highest and the best good to happen for them. The highest and the best, whatever that is at this moment, at this time. And these complex situations on the planet, which is very difficult for the traditional medical profession to help, would be the fibromyalgias, the autisms, the cancers, the diabetes, the Lou Gehrig's disease, um, the MSs, the muscular dystrophy, the Parkinson's. These complex situations, you can help them if you work in the lower vibrations of the energy centers, but to truly heal them, you must be able to connect with the monad or the I am presence to help them because that presence does not have the imbalance. So a lot of my people have those complex situations and also the PTSDs, as you know, there's here in New York, we've had 9-11, we just had the 9-11, you know, everybody that's on the TV that talks about we will never forget, they all have PTSD. They all do. Hmm. And it's still very, very prevalent. And that stays in the system. And then it gets recreated as some other form of dis-ease. So with the esoteric work, we're able to take the trauma out that created these situations and put in a higher vibration. So I have everybody that comes to me, I have a nine minute and 47 second 
meditation on my website, which is the esotericbloom.com, which is free. I used to sell it. I just give it away now. So anybody can begin this journey to higher states of consciousness. Those are the biggest difference, I, I think, between the esoteric work and the other energetic modalities, the monad and the spiritual triad. Okay, so let me ask you, when connecting to the monad, so like as a practitioner, if I were to come and take your your training on this, is it similar to Reiki and the attunements, where you go through the attunement process, and then, you know, your body is the vessel that is allowed to transmit and, you know, hold that vibration of energy? Or, you know, what is it that's going on with the okay. training to learn it that allows me to be able to connect to this that my client can't? Or maybe okay. not that they can't, but... I'm, I'm at that level where I'm able to use that energy. Right. Okay. So the connection, the words, are you starting to your heart, and you make a you think, see, feel, sense, intuit, visualize, or draw a connection from your heart to your brow chakra, which we call the ajna. We don't call it the third eye. Everybody has an ajna, but not everybody has a third eye. So it's heart to ajna, ajna to soul light. Soul light to monad, and monad to the source of your understanding, whatever that is for you at this moment, at this time. And then you allow the healing energy from the source to come back into your monad, into your soul light, into your ajna, and into your heart. So you have aligned your personality to your soul. You have aligned your soul to your monad, and you are at one or attuned to the source of your understanding. So me, as a facilitator, would do that first, similar to putting on your own oxygen mask before you get on an airplane. Then I would connect to my client's soul using the principles of energy follows thought, and my client's monad using the principles of energy follows thought. And I allow all the healing energy from their soul and their monad to come through me and back into their chakras. And then we start to balance the chakras. And for the purpose of this call, there's seven of them. We start to balance the chakras on the physical layer, the emotional layer, the mental layer, the personality layer, the soul level and the spiritual level. And so you evaluate and treat the chakras and make a decision as to which level is the most in need of healing. And then we balance the nervous system because the nervous system is the first physical thing in your body that gets the energy. And we want the nervous system to be as quiescent as possible so we can hear, see, or know or feel the voice of the soul and the monad. And the, we want the client to become friendly with the voice of the soul so they can get directed by a higher spiritual consciousness. And then the faster energetic presence is the monad. And when I studied with Carolyn Mace, she was always like, you want to do it in 10 minutes or you want to do it in 10 years? The choice is yours. And we were like, okay. <laughs> So the monad is very fast, and the monad, the soul is loving, kind, encouraging, joyful, you can do it, come on, go for it. And the, the monad is peace, and it's enlightenment, and it's more encouraging, and it's much faster. So we want the person to become a soul-infused personality first, 
and then a monad infused soul personality second and in as they become more infused with these energies then the gifts of clairvoyance clairsentience uh claircognizance clairaudience happen so people will say oh i'm all of a sudden starting to hear this voice i'm like that's the idea and what are they saying they're saying to move they're saying to quit my job they're saying you know to tell my kids to you know clean up their room whatever so i think that's the the biggest difference that we're we're raising the vibration of the individual and then with my PTSD clients, I have them think about, you know, what has given them PTSD. Like, we can't change the fact that people are in 9-11, and I was, and, but you can take the trauma out, and then there's a void. So then we put in a higher vibration of love and nurturing and bliss because nature abhors a void. So we want that higher vibration in the client, and then they can make choices that reflect that higher vibration. Excellent. Now, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the trauma. And you referenced a little bit earlier with some of the people with MS. I actually have two clients right now that I'm working with with that. So I'm, I'm very interested to learn more about that um, from the energetic perspective. But what do you mean by leaks or that the energetic? Okay, so, um, okay, so there's things that will blow hole. Okay, there's certain things that will blow holes in your aura. And that would be like copious amounts of alcohol or um, uh, pharmaceutical and non-pharmaceutical drugs. So the aura isn't whole. So it's it's like um, a dam that has a leak and you have to put your finger in there and, and stitch it up. But with the MS people, um, if you look at your heart and think of it as a clock, there's a leak. I can never remember if it's between 9 o'clock and 12 or between 12 and 3, and it's just, the energy is just seeping out of it. I guess seeping would be a good word. The energy of the life force would be seeping out of it so that person doesn't feel complete. And it doesn't start the minute you get diagnosed. It started, I don't know, maybe in childhood, maybe something happened. Maybe there was a, a horrible divorce in the family and the person's heart was really, really upset because the parents weren't getting uh, along. So this leak begins, and then the life force gets drained out of it. So you can't, you don't go in there and physically repair it. You have to go in there and energetically repair it. Gotcha. And um, you know, I know that you gave a, a personal account that I had read with your own PTSD, and where you had a really profound healing, and you kind of felt the PTSD leaving uh, yes. your head. Can you share that experience? Sure. Well, when you have PTSD and you don't know it, <laughs> which is very common, you start to do like crazy things. Like I said, I was go, I was driving and I went to the bank and I ended up at the post office and I was like, uh, what am I doing here? And my friend was like, uh, you're driving. Or I was, I remember being at a, a red light and the light turned green and I was just sitting there and my friend said to me very gently, are you waiting for any particular shade of green? And I went, what? And I looked at her, and then when I went to look back, and I saw that the light had changed, I went to put my um, foot on the gas, and the light had already turned red. So when you're walking around with PTSD, it's a very difficult situation. Your relationships can fall apart. I was um, bouncing checks. I was having horrible nightmares, I was seeing body parts, and that haunted me for nine 
for nine months. And then I took this advanced class. And like I said, I could actually feel like the shadow come off my body. And that's what people will say. They're like, oh, my God, I feel so much lighter. I'm not angry anymore. Somebody said to me yesterday, I really don't want to hate my ex-husband. Now I'm just going to work on loving him. That's a big shift from hate to love. A big shift to be carrying a heavy a heavy load. Or I had a woman that um, she was a professional hockey player in China, and she was hit by a puck, and so she had a concussion. But I said, so she came back to New York to heal, and I said to her, "So you're adopted? Where 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 did your parents adopt you from?" And she goes, "Um." I don't know, somewhere in China. And I'm like, okay. So even though she didn't remember where she was, I had her go back and think about that time prior to her adoption. And she said it was like 20 years was taken out of her system. And then I found out later she was in, she was in an, or, an orphanage in, a, in the countryside in China somewhere. But she would have carried that trauma she was in the orphanage for, for five months, she would have carried that trauma and recreated abandonment and separation issues the rest of her life if that trauma hadn't been taken out. So we found it, which was great. Thank God we found it in the second session. Wow. And, and are you using some like um, guided meditation, hypnotherapy techniques just to get people into that state to travel back through their timeline or regress? I just use my meditation of, like I said, connecting from the heart to the ajna, the ajna to the soul light, the soul light to the monad, and the monad to the source, and then back again. And like I said, it's called building the antikarana or the rainbow bridge. And I have people do that because I want them to get into that space. So their homework is to do that before they come. And then I talk them through it again and again and again, because the more you do it, the stronger you get at building your bridge to the higher states of consciousness. Now, I also know that you're a medical intuitive. So I'm sure that, you know, with all of the medical studies that you've done, can you share just a little bit about how you came to learn about medical intuition? Like what was it within you that kind of sparked to say, whoa, okay, maybe I've got something here? Well, when you study with, I studied with Carolyn Mays and Norm Sheely on Norm's farm in the 90s. And Carolyn, at that time, she was pretty uh, tough on us. And so we would say one thing, she's like, oh, say we're talking about the sacral chakra, which deals with relationships. And we would say one thing and she'd be like, "Uh, I don't think so. We were like, well, what do you mean? She goes, nah, that's not what your energy is saying. And so like one person, like she had been divorced for like nine years. And Carolyn said, "Mm, you might be divorced on paper, but you're not really divorced energetically. And we were like, what? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, sorry, you're still married. That's why you can't move on. So I got to learn the story that the person was telling me. And then I got to feel or sense, or sometimes I would hear the true story. Mm-hmm. And when I would ask them, they were like, you know what? Now that you mention it, you're right. This is really, what you're saying is really the true story. 
So it's it's been a journey. You know, I didn't have that when I first started. Like I said, I was timing everything, which makes me such a great teacher because I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. You know, I wasn't born with this gift. But once I realized what was happening to me and I was changing, I was like, you know what? This makes my life a lot easier and I want more of it. Yeah, I'm right there with you, girl. I know. <laughs> um, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so let's also talk about just because, you know, with with all of the experience that you have in medicine, manipulating, you know, the body, working with people's bodies, seeing them come in with physical stuff. Can we talk about the mind-body connection? Sure. Okay, so when people come to see me, I ask them, and they have to do their homework ahead of time, I ask them to write down three emotional things that they have not been able to resolve on their own. So I'll use fibromyalgia because that's such a a hot topic. And of course, there's all kinds of FDA approved drugs that treat the symptoms, but don't treat the reason why you have the diagnosis of fibromyalgia. So it's been my experience that when you have that diagnosis, you have an energetic imbalance on your heart chakra on the soul level, the throat chakra on the soul level, and then in the back of the head, there's an energetic presence called the Alta Major Minor, and that deals with the sympathetic nervous system. So when you have fibromyalgia, the sympathetic nervous system is on fight or flight all the time. It never shuts off, which gives you those aches and pains all over your body. It's a sympathetic situation. So like I had a I've had a number of clients that have healed themselves using this work from fibromyalgia. So one person, she said that she had been raised into a, a, a severe Christian background, and she had to become subservient to the the minister of the church. And she told me that she learned when she was four years old not to talk back to her parents or the minister of the church, but she knew that something was not right in her own essence. So throat chakra, she stopped talking. Heart chakra knew something wasn't right, but had no allies. And the Alta Major Minor deals with conflict also. And it was a conflict for her. So she kept this situation to herself and, and was subservient to this whole religious tradition for like over 20 years, even though it didn't make sense to her and it really 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 bothered her so when i saw her she had just come off a year-long diet of fruit i'm like look fruit is not going to heal fibromyalgia so like let's just stop it so but that's what she was told don't eat anything but fruit for a year so that's what she did so we had to go back in time and take out the um religious experience that she had which was so conflicting for her and then we had to open up her throat chakra so she would talk because she kept it all inside. And, and she, you know, she healed herself from fibromyalgia. And then on my website, there's a video of another person that talks about her experience with fibromyalgia and how she healed herself with the esoteric work. It's not hard to do. You just have to be willing to do it. Now, what do you have a, a take or an opinion on children who are sick? or children who are diagnosed with cancer. Because, I mean, I think you and I were kind of talking primarily about um, some of our clients that have 
probably, you know, been through a lot of life experiences, they're holding trauma, some unresolved trauma, but I always sometimes just question and have a hard time wrapping my mind around just young children or souls. Um, You know, is this stuff connected more to past lives or generational? And how do we explain someone that doesn't have a whole lot of trauma life experience yet um, is diagnosed with a terminal illness? Right. That's a really good, great question. And I get asked that all the time. So as we delve into more metaphysics, here we go. Um, You have to look at the child. You have to look at the parents. um, You have to look at the environment. And then there was one time that I worked with this child that she was really, really sick with a diagnosis of medulloblastoma multiforme, which is a rare form of um, children tra- children's cancer. And I worked on her and I heard this message. This is the divine plan. And I'm like, okay, this is like way bigger than me. But as I continued to work with the child and the family, I came to realize that um, the mother was the one that was making most of the choices, and she had a choice of which path she was going to follow. And, you know, humans have free will. So she chose the path of traditional medicine with chemo and radiation and surgery and everything versus the metaphysical path. So there's always a, there's always a reason. It's not necessarily a reason that we like or agree with, but there's there's always always a reason why these kids um, come in with these situations. And some of them come to volunteer to raise the vibration of the planet because that's what the if you look at the autistic population. There's not just one child with this diagnosis, there's millions with this diagnosis, but from an energetic perspective, they're being called to come in and do service to humanity. So the people on this planet start to realize there's other things involved besides the physical body. And these kids are mostly, they're they're telepathic, they're clairvoyant, you know, they're clairsentient and they're wondering why the rest of us aren't. But they're hanging out in the monadic plane with all these gifts, calling us to do something more than just put them on the Dan diet or give them a homeopathic remedy or give them a medication. Hmm. And yeah. when you talked about that example of this is the divine plan, um, I'm sure you've probably have seen that in your energetic healing work more often than not. Is that... Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yes, you can come in and, and, you know, try different interventions, which in some ways, I think, in my experience, some of the energetic healing that I've done on people that have had terminal illness and eventually passed and just kind of consulting some of my teachers and mentors, um, you know, I, I learned very much about that, that sometimes, yes, there is that free will, but then there is also a plan and kind of a ripple effect and a reason why this body, this soul chose this body to go through this experience because there's a lot of teaching and lessons, you know, involved and that it is supposed to happen this way. Right. Now, when I was studying Carol Mays, this was a perfect example. There was a woman there that um, she had a cerebral palsy child 
And she said, Caroline, I don't understand. I had a perfect diet. You know, I was meditating. I was praying. I, you know, I was doing everything healthy during my pregnancy. And I don't understand why I had this child with cerebral palsy. I just don't get it. They're 25 now. You know, I'm just, it's been racking my brains since my child was born. What did I do wrong? Was her question to Carolyn Mace. What did I do wrong? to have this child with cerebral palsy. And Carolyn said to her, what did you pray for when you conceived your child? And the woman said, I prayed to be of service. And Carolyn said, and so you are. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of when you talk about, you know, (laughs) thoughts follow energy or energy follows thoughts, right? Yeah. Yep. Very careful what you pray for. And Larry Dossie wrote a book a long time ago called Be Careful What You Pray For, You Just Might Get It. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a funny book, but it's a serious book. Yeah. You know, so we only can ask for the highest and the best good. And I say to my clients, you want the highest and the best or do you want the crappiest and the lowest? Everybody has picked the highest and the best good. Everybody. <laughs> That's the highest form of prayer. Who doesn't want that? The highest and the best good? That's a no-brainer. Yeah, and maybe we overcomplicate it, right, in our prayers. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Keep it simple. Let's not get too specific. (laughs) So every morning I do my alignment and attunement, and I connected with everybody on the show today, and I asked for... Um, to the souls and the monad and to you and I asked for the highest and best good and I asked that I could please speak in the language that people would understand perfect and I'm understanding everything so far so Yay! <laughs> well and let's talk about your classes because I have a feeling I'm going to show up at some of them um, okay. and just because you're so close and I really like the, the personal interaction, like being in the room with the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is also great too, to think that maybe I don't have to hop in my car and I can just, uh, take it virtually online with you, but we'll see you're close enough where it's, it's not that far of a ride for me. So can we talk about some of the classes that you offer to people? Um, sure. and are you doing more classes, individual sessions, a mix of both? Because I'm sure you might be getting some phone calls after okay. this podcast this airs. <laughs> So um, what I do now that I'm, I, I was called to go to Florida to help my mom that was had fallen and broke her hip and she was told she would never ever walk again without a cane or a limp. And if you go on my website, theesotericbloom.com, the lady that has the highest heels on and is dancing around the pool is my mom. And so she's taken all of my classes and believes in what I do. So I use the principles of esoteric healing to help her. And now what, I do, now what I do now that I'm back in New York, I do the classes on a Sunday. It's And because the Orthodox Jews can't take classes on Saturday, and I want everybody to be available to take the classes, so I do them on a Sunday. The classes run from 9.30 to 6.30. So my next part one class is going to be January 25th. And it happens to be new moon and new beginning. So my next part one class is January 25th. And so you would take that class and then I give you a book. And the book is good for two classes. So then the next class after that would be in February sometime. 
and the first class is called Soul Focused Living and Healing. The second class is called The Brain and Beyond. So we start with the basics and then we go beyond. The next class is called The Magic of the Seventh Ray. And so I do it like one Sunday, then the next Sunday, then the next Sunday. And if you, not not consecutive Sundays, but like I said, once a month. And if you miss a class and you can't take it and you want to, we Zoom it for you so you can keep up with the group. And then I ask everybody to align or link with everybody in the class. So we build the group soul and we build the group monad. So we're creating this healing vortex. So I do it every day. I connect with the first class, the second class, the third class, you know, and now I'm starting to connect with this class that's going to be coming on January 25th. And I give it in Katona. Um, but like I said, I've had people from Utah and Georgia and, and um, North Carolina and New Hampshire and the UK and Australia take the classes because we Zoom it now to make it available. Excellent. And if people want to register for that, what is the best way to sign up and uh, register? Okay, well, this is we're right on time. I just talked to my assistant, Jessica, before, and I'm like, Jess, we're going to be teaching the class on January 25th. So it's the esotericbloom.com, and we'll put up, we're going to be putting up a notice about it probably today, because I just told her around 10.15 prior to this speaking to you. And then when we ask you to sign up for the newsletter, because I do also do special events, and so you'll know where I'm going to be. Like I'm going to be speaking at the Awakened Fair, which is November 24th. It's going to be in Tarrytown. So if anybody wants to have a little mini, you know, I'm going to be speaking there on November 24th to introduce the work and everybody will feel their own energy and everybody's going to get treated that day. And they cost a whopping $15 to get in. So um, that's a, a good place to meet me because I'll be there. Um, and I also have done other shows. So, that we blog them. So I have a YouTube channel. You can check me out on the YouTube channel. We or we put articles on the website. We have a Facebook page. We're now having this is so exciting. We just launched the healing sock. So for people that can't wait to get some new cool and groovy and love and joy socks in your life. You can find out about them from uh, the center for aligned It's a sock that says joy and love on it because the level of healing is joy. You have to be in joy most of the time to heal. So we birthed a sock that says joy and love on it. And we just launched it October 8th, like this week. So <laughs> great Christmas presents, great Hanukkah presents, great Kwanzaa presents, great Valentine's presents, great presents for snuggling by the fire if you're freezing. Like my friend in New Hampshire, she bought nine pairs for her family. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's cold up there. Yeah. So we have, we have the healing sock, which was never done before. So, And all of my clients that have go through infusions of any kind, I have them put love and joy on the infusion because mm. you want that to go into your system i teach people how to do that to put love and joy into their infusion you know if you're having surgery you ask your surgeon to put love and joy on the iv bag awesome love it i just signed up i am, I am now a <laughs> subscriber done okay <laughs> yay everybody else join in 
Yes. All right, Bernadette. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that I found you. Um, I'm sure we're going to be in touch a lot more. And this was a great podcast. So I think people are really going to enjoy all the information that you shared with them. So thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you so much. As the only teacher in this area, and there's hardly any of us in the country and the world, you know, I'm only one person, but I can teach thousands. And the more people that do this work, the more that we can help healing on the planet. So thank you so much for everybody for being on the call. Thank you for having me. You've just made my day. Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today. 